feel addicted to their devices. I This is One Phone to Rule Them All, a show where I talk to users, experts and entrepreneurs about how smartphones are affecting us and what we can do about it. Today's guest is Sven Rollenhagen, who is an author, public speaker and a trained social worker specializing in addiction care um, since 1986. He has written a number of books, including two books focused on phones, Scroll Zombies and Moby Cat, a handbook for Scroll Zombies. Thank you so much for joining on this uh, call, Sven. I really appreciate it. Hi, um, thank you. Um, so, can you please tell me about your very first mobile phone? Yes, of course. It was actually a rather big phone because I think this was in the beginning of the 90s and I think the phone was uh, five times bigger than uh, the smartphone I use today. And this phone, if, if, if you're talking about mobile phone, not smartphone now. Yes. Uh, yeah. You, 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 it was only one thing you could do with this device. You could call another person. It was no internet on it. It was no SMS and so on. And in, in these times, uh, it was rather few people who have a, a cell phone. So I was mostly using the phone to call my mother or my wife at her work and so on. And it was... I have clear uh, memory of when I was uh, walking with my baby, Hannah, my daughter. She was, I think, uh, one and a half years old then. And I pick up the phone and try to, to talk to a person. And she was screaming, really hard screaming. And I understand then, uh, even if this was not a smartphone, this is no combination, uh, uh, some kind of device and my little kid. So I actually put down my phone and talked to my kid instead. <laughs> but this, this was a lot of years ago. So I, of course, have had uh, a lot of different phones since then. That, that's incredible. Uh, that's incredible that, that already back then that you realized that connection between devices and, and attention and your, your baby uh, wanting your attention. Yeah, because I, I used to compare it with dogs and cats. They actually sometimes can get really angry to a person if the person ignore them. Because small kids, they had to have contact immediately, especially real small kids, because otherwise it could be a problem later on in their lives if they every time have to scream hard to, to get attention from the parents. So that's a really interesting thing. And uh, I, I think I, I learned them <laughs> earlier that you shouldn't combine this devices with small kids. So I, I put it away and call this person one hour later when my daughter was sleeping because in that situation it's no problem. That's a great insight even though a long time ago. So if we forward to to now, do you, yeah. um, when we talk about phones and social media, do you use the term 
addiction um, to to describe overuse or, or misuse of it? Yeah, actually I do because my latest book, uh, Scroll Zombies, it was uh, focused on both social media and also smartphones, of course, because it's a, a clear link between how we use smartphones and also social media. Because before the smartphone uh, was in true, uh, b- b- before iPhones, for example, we, we didn't use social media in the same way. We have to have a big computer in an office or a home. And uh, I see that even if it's not a diagnosed yet that called social media addiction, you can see the same signs of addiction. You're occupied, you miss things. Uh, you have the smartphone when you're uh, in the to- at the toilet, when you go to bed. Every time, uh, even at night, you could see a lot of people, they don't uh, put off their phone. They have it on. And if there's something happened in the Instagram world, for example, they have to check it. So we have big problems with people having bad sleeping habits uh, nowadays. And it's not a good sign. So I think it's clear that you could, of course, get stuck into this, uh, both uh, having a smartphone and also use it uh, uh, when it comes to social media, of course. On on that last bit about about the effects, um, I think yeah. most people can agree that yes, we use our phones a lot. And you mentioned one yeah. negative effect here of of sleep. Um, do you ever get people when when you talk about this? Do you ever get people say, "Yeah, we use our phones a lot." So so what? Why is that a problem? Of course, I think you have to understand also if you compare it with, for example food or alcohol sometimes you could use a thing rather uh, as you, 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 you could use your phone rather much and, and you could have it uh, nearly all the time in your hand but it still don't get a negative consequence and it's a fine line I think between overuse and addiction but I think you could try to handle the situation to get back into a normal use. But I, I have no goal to say to people, uh, put your phone away, you shouldn't use it. It's not like drugs, you know. Uh, so my goal is to create a digital balance. How can we use these devices? Because they are great. You could have a lot of positive effects in your work, at your spare time and so on, using smartphone, computers, games and so on. So, but it's tricky because uh, the company who, for example, create Instagram and Facebook, they know how they they could uh, get us hooked into these uh, platforms. They have uh, uh, really knowledge how you can, for example, this thing with a like button. When you create that, of course, people get hooked, uh, getting, you know, they want to uh, like other things and they appreciate if other people like what you yourself put out. And that's a typical thing that uh, the creator of the like button has uh, himself uh, thinking that, oh shit, what ha- have I created? This is a catastrophe. People are not handling this in a good matter. They are getting stuck into the uh, platforms. Mm. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people can recognize themselves there. So, so you talked about about the like button and that need for yeah. us to to feel liked and so on. What what would you say is is the root cause of our addiction to to phones and social media? I think if you look into social media, you have to understand that the human being as a creature, we are social creatures. So I think you address a, a really important and also good thing. We want and need social interaction with other people. And of course, if you use Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat in a good way, you could say, okay, you have good relationships with people. The, the, the tricky thing here is that you also get into a behavior that is more of a, a scrolling around and it's not uh, any meaning with this uh, scroll behavior. Uh, and uh, I think also that it's really, really common that people are, for example, uh, doing their homework if you're a student and suddenly the student stop writing uh, and they are using Instagram instead and they are being uh, disturbed by these platforms. And we know that if, if you want to have a flow in your life with work or study, you have to focus more. And these, these are really focus destroyers, you could say. That's uh, one uh, clear thing I see with a lot of people. I think I, uh, the main uh, bad con negative consequence I've heard from people when I uh, talk to them is that you're getting into something you, you have no plan to do this in the first case. You, you have actually planned to cook a good dinner or writing a book or whatever, but suddenly three hours later you, you, you have spent it on Instagram or Facebook instead. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I talk a lot about that too, about purposeful um, phone usage, which is totally fine. And, yeah. and just like you, I don't tell anyone to put their phones down. But, but, you know, by all means, use it if you want to use it, if you have a, if you have a plan. Um, you know, you and I are doing this call using technology with, with a lot of yeah. purpose and intent, obviously. Um, yeah. And Sven, you, you, you obviously talk from an expert and ex, ex, long experience in this, but you also have some a story to share yourselves. In your, in your last book, Scroll Zombies, you actually talk about your own addiction to, to social media and predominantly Yodel and Facebook. Uh, can you tell yeah. me a bit yeah. about sort of your, your, your use of those platforms, how you realized it was too much and how you got out? Of course. It was uh, a thing that I did when I uh, did research for the book. I tried to, you know, like the man who tried to eat too much food at McDonald's and so, supersize me, I think the title was of the program. Uh, and I tried to get into, for example, Facebook or Yodel, 110%. Every time I had to use this platform, I did it. And I found myself really getting <laughs> dragged into this world. So my sleeping habits was really terrible. 
the first thing I did in the morning was putting uh, on the uh, smartphone and checking, you know, Instagram and Facebook and so on. When I was at the toilet, I used the phone. When I was eating dinner with my family, I think it was then my one of my kids uh, told me, Dad, what are you doing? We're eating now because we have a rule that when we're eating dinner together, we try to not using devices. And I lied to him. I said, I'm checking an email. It's a work email I have to check. But I was at Facebook. And that was really clear for me then. If you're lying to your kid about your uh, use of social media, something is really, really wrong. So I, have, I, I really understand this is not good. I have to quit my research. I have to get in... Uh, some kind of own treatment to getting uh, off these uh, hooks. So I create a five-step program that I used, and I think it's actually worked really well that, that I try to not do a cold turkey detox, you know. Instead, I try to... The first step was using the, the platforms as usual, and then after a while, I put down some uh, platforms and uh, the last uh, week I didn't use any uh, platforms at all and then I tried to create the balance after that and I, I think I, it was a success even if I every day have to struggle with struggle with this behavior <laughs> because it's really easy to relapse to old behavior I find so I tried to really uh, not using the cell phone at the toilet or in the bed or when I'm eating dinner with my wife and so on. But it's hard because you have your cell phone there. And if, for example, I'm traveling a lot in Sweden with lectures and uh, treatment programs. And if you are sitting on a train and you know you have a little spare time, why shouldn't you put up your cell phone and? get into um, uh, Facebook and do something. So I, I have to sometimes uh, really uh, being hard to myself and said to myself, Sven, now it's maybe better to look out uh, through the window and look to the nature, for example, if I go by train. And on, on that last, thank you so much for sharing that, Sven. On that last point, because I think that's something a lot of people think, well, I'm just sitting here. Why, why shouldn't yeah. I scroll? I'm just um, yeah. waiting on the bus or on the train or, you know, in line for something. Why shouldn't? So, so, so how do you answer that? Why shouldn't you scroll yeah. on Instagram a bit? I think you could, of course, do it. But if you do it every, every second, you have a spare time. For example, you could see in stock on a behavior that if people are waiting for a bus, it's maybe just one minute. The cell phones are up in their hands and they are scrolling. And sometimes you can actually see people are missing a bus because the bus are driving in and the people with the phone miss the bus. It's a lot of problem still here in Sweden that people are, for example, driving a car and using the cell phone. They are missing a sunset. They are missing kids are screaming. So I think you have to relate to in, in what situation are you. And you could, of course, it's not uh, have to be black or white. For example, if I go by train, 
I use, nowadays I try to use this phone, for example, the half of the time I'm sitting on a train, it's no problem. The, the, the other half, I maybe read a book or just, uh, yeah, not now, but before the uh, COVID epidemic, you could talk to a stranger. You could just uh, try to have a conversation with uh, another person on the train and so on. So that's my answer to these people that, you, of course, you shouldn't be feel that you're a bad person if you use the cell phone a lot, but try to sometimes put it down and do another things. So it, it, it's like food, I think. You should eat uh, uh, proper foods. You should not eat too much or too less. You should eat, uh, as we say in Sweden, lagom. Not too much, not too less. And I think it's the same with digital behaviors. Yeah. And and I I really like that in in your latest book that you ask so many questions because I think these things can quite easily become, um, you know, so called or experts um, just preaching yeah. and saying what people mm-hmm. should do. But but I in yeah. that book you write you you put so many questions. You know which platforms do you like and um, how do they make yeah, you yeah. feel and really make the reader realize that yeah it, it is up to me uh, i'm really glad to hear that because that's my goal when i try to help people mm. on on that um social media topic um what do, do you have a a favorite uh, social media platform yeah, of course. It's, uh, of course, Facebook, because I think Facebook is a fantastic platform for me as a professional, where I could connect with other people. I could send directly messenger, mess uh, through Messenger. I could have uh, a lot of uh, good relationships with friends and relatives and so on. So I really love Facebook. I tried to use, for example, Joddle, a lot uh, when I did research, but uh, in Jodel, I understand it was just for fun and it was really easy to get stuck into it. And in in, in the long term, I understand it was uh, too much negative consequences, so I put it away. And Instagram, I think, is too much. The flow is uh, too fast and too much. So I I have Instagram uh, uh, account, but I never use it actually i follow some people of course but i think uh, facebook is good and also linkedin of course is good because then you could really focus on your professional lives because i don't put out any videos of my cat on insta on, on, on linkedin of course it's it's more 100 percent professional platform and i think it's good because you could sometimes it, it's good to you know, have borders between your professional life and your personal life. I did see your cat on Facebook, though, when I was <laughs> looking through your posts. Great, great. <laughs> yeah. And I have, I've, I've also created a group, a Facebook group, called Social Workers Who Loves Cats. And we are hundreds of members. I just did it for fun when I did research for my book. But people are getting in there and they, they love it because we're only putting out videos and pictures about our cats, nothing else. We, we, we don't talk about serious things. We don't argue with each other. We have no problem there. It's just for fun and it's, it's lovely. Really. So you, you, you can get in there and 
get positive energy for mm. five minutes. Can, I, I love the sound of that, Sven, but I am going to be the devil's advocate and say, how how is that not you know addictive or 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 how is that a good use of social media how how do you look at that yeah it's i think it's uh, if you compare it with eating if i uh, go to a, a shop and buy for example three chocolate uh, bits you know pralines then it's no problem for me but if i buy for example uh, 100 <laughs> candies it's too much for me so i think it depends on how we use it because this group for example social workers who loves cats i think i'm there one time or two times a week no more so i i don't get stuck there uh, you could compare it with for example uh, i'm in a group for writers swedish writers in that group people are getting stuck talking about how you should write the perfect book. But sometimes it's not positive. It's more that people are arguing. They are having big quarrels about how you should do, what's the right way, and so on. And if it comes to that type of discussion, I nowadays used to not getting into the discussion. I could read it sometimes. But I think there you have a problem uh, behavior. And I used to be a little... uh, what do you say in English? Provocate? Uh, if, if you're saying something, you don't mean it 100%. I, I used to say sometimes, get out of Facebook, write your book. Because sometimes I could see people, they are more in Facebook group about writing books than ri- actually writing their books. Uh, be- because when I write a book, uh, I used to put off my cell phone, I have no social media at all in my computers. Nothing. It's empty. It's just a computer where I could do good stuff, writing, emails, and so on. So I hope you understand what I mean. It depends on how you use it. Of course, you could look at too many cat videos, but if you if you do it a little, it's no problem. It's like drinking a good glass of Sauvignon Blanc from your country it's no problem if i do that sometimes but if i drink a, a bottle every day it's of course a problem for me it it feels you you often refer to now you refer to to wine and and food yeah, yeah. and in your book you talk about a good digital health can you can you yeah. explain what you mean by by a good digital health of course i think it's the same when you're how you exercise and so on, on how you're eating and drinking. You have to choose uh, how many platforms should you, for example, be active on. Uh, in these days, I only use, I think, Facebook mainly and LinkedIn. Before, I was active uh, at a lot of places. That's one thing. And also that you have to understand that everything you do in your life, it's not may be interesting for other people to to look at or to hear. So you could sometimes share one sunset uh, for example, ex- uh, for, for one evening, but not every sunset you see or every cappuccino cup or dinner you make. So you can minimize uh, what you put out. And then you could have some digital free zones i think like i talked 
about before, bedroom, uh, dinner table, uh, and so on. And if you choose some zones, some areas where you don't use your cell phone for social media, you're, you're, you're having a, a better focus. For example, when I go to the gym doing exercise, I don't use social media. I, I, I just have the phone if there's something important message, I maybe check it out. But I don't talk to the phone, to, to anyone with the phone. I don't use social media. But I see a lot of people at the gym. They are more at the cell phone than actually lifting weights. So it's, 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 I think it's a lot of self-discipline how you use these uh, platforms because they are addictive. You can't... Uh, uh, you, you have to understand, you have to uh, get in control yourself, like wine or whatever you can compare it with. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can really relate to that. Um, and for, for adults, I think you, you mentioned here, you know, discipline and self-control. For adults, it feels like that's within our reach, but, but there's also a lot of research now coming out on how screens affect kids and so on. And I've, <clears throat> I've had, my, my kids are, you know, they're two and five, but they can throw yep. a tantrum when I turn off the TV or yeah. on the odd occasion when they play on my phone, when I say, okay, enough. How, how mm -hmm. can, how do you think parents can deal with older kids, say teenagers who physically resist getting off their phone yeah. or social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the tricky thing is that for small kids, it's good to not have so much screen time. And the, the World Wealth Organization, they have also tried to get uh, recommendation that small kids shouldn't use screen at all. But when it comes to teenagers, it's a little bit tricky because you have to understand that uh, uh, a teenager use the internet as uh, his or hers uh, platform to uh, interact with with uh, mates they have it's it's a natural normal thing to send a, a sms or using instagram and so on so you can't put it away for the teenager but i think the companies running for example instagram they should have a more clearer uh, limit when should you start with the social platforms and i think it should be 15 16 or so Nowadays, you could see uh, small kids using the platforms. But when it comes to teenagers, it's a problem. I think it's good to try to uh, learn uh, kids early to have good behavior in other things. For example, doing exercise, doing homework and so on. And if you could uh, raise your kids with good behavior, then they probably gonna handle this a little bit easier when they are teenagers. But I, I think you have to realize also that teenagers are always doing the opposite thing that their parents want them to do. And that's one of the, it's, it's a part of being a teenager. So I don't think you have to be, uh, what should you say? I think you don't have to worry if your kids, of course, love, for example, Instagram more than doing a homework. It's natural. They want to play. They want to have fun. But I think also you have a, a, a I think the schools have a, 
really important thing to do to learn how we should use these devices. So I think it's good to have more rules in the schools so the kids actually learn. Now we're doing chemistry. We are not uh, playing video games or, or uh, our social at uh, social media platforms. So that's maybe a good key, I think, to learn kids. So, so to have to summarize that, having a an, an age limit from the social media companies, um, which, which I guess is tricky because obviously they want as many users as possible and using it as much as possible. Um, exactly. And and also uh, raising the kids with a balance from when they're young and and the education yeah. system playing their role. Yeah. Yeah. Do you work with with teenagers? With te I know you you do a lot of work with video game addiction with yeah, with younger yeah. people. Do you work with social media addiction with younger people as well? Of course, I think you could say in these days when I start work with video game addiction, actually there was no Facebook. Facebook is not so old. It was launched in I think two thousand eight in the world and two thousand nine in Sweden. I think so. In in the beginning, it was mainly uh, guys who using the game the games too much but in uh, these days you could see a different uh, thing that most of my clients they are both playing too much video games but they are also using social media a lot they are looking at youtube twitch and so on so you could talk about some kind of screen addiction more it's like you are you have to always use a screen in uh, one way or another and that's tricky of course because i don't think you sh should say to a teenager put away your computer you, you you can't use a cell phone because they have to learn it when you're adult you have to use these devices in work and also in your private life so it's my hard goal my, my really important goal is to get into some kind of balance and when you talk in this way to kids they love it because then they understand i'm not an old guy trying to take their funny things away i try to help them getting into better habits uh, and i think we have uh, a lot of people i i, I talk to sometimes digital digital pandemic you have a lot of people around the globe having problems with their screens. And it's obvious if you see, for example, nowadays I think there's a new film on Netflix about social media addiction. It's obvious that more and more people are aware of this pandemic. And it's really growing and getting worse and worse, I think. Yeah, um, that uh, that brings us very well into my final question, which is a prediction. So you, you talk about a digital pandemic now, but also a, yeah. a rising awareness about this. Yeah. What do you think that the coming years look like in terms of, of social media and, and smartphone usage? I hope and see that a lot of companies, I, for example, have had some good, great contact with Facebook here in Stockholm and also Samsung and so on. I, I hope that uh, technology companies uh, doing some real, uh, you know, uh, well-being systems 
about their devices. And I also think that, and I hope that people understand it's not black or white, because in, in too many years, in media and social media, they're talking about either this is great, this is the perfect life using digital things, or this is really bad, you, you should stop it, you should go back to the old technology. And I think you have to find a path in the middle. You have to understand the good things and the bad things, and you have to create a balance. And I hope, and, and I think when, when you talk to researchers, uh, teachers, young people, more and more people are, are uh, understanding that this is the only way forward. You can't go back to the old technology. When people are trying that, they can't uh, live a normal life. Of course, if they uh, move out in a forest and live by themselves, but who could do that, actually? So I, I, I hope so. And I also hope that um, people like you and me can help people create the balance because this this is uh, it's possible to create a balance it's not uh, you know s s some behavior it's really hard to uh, change but this is really uh, doable you could actually get a better life getting a balance that's great sven and ending that on a on a positive outlook um Thank you so much for, for sharing your, your stories, uh, your advice, and your, your expertise in this. Thank you. It was really nice talking to you. I hope we can talk about different kind of cooperation uh, for, for further ahead. You have listened to One Phone to Rule Them All, a show about smartphones by Taino Benz. I would love to hear your stories on smartphones, what emotion this episode sparked, or if you have any feedback or comments, feel free to get in touch. Next episode, I'll be talking to Anja Peshko, a US-based entrepreneur, speaker and coach with a clear mission to help us rebuild our social connections and be bored at the same time. See you there.